You see, I enjoy the company of my own kind. I find humans um, limited. Oh, so in your arrogance, you kill them? No, I kill them because... What's the difference? They all die anyway. Welcome to the Highlander Rewatch Podcast, the podcast where we rewatch each and every episode of Highlander the series and talk about it in detail. Oh, so we're going to kick this one off with a quick question. What was your favorite sword fight up to this point in Highlander? I think mine is probably the sword fight from The Road Not Taken. I think that one was pretty sweet. And so now, the man to the left of me, a friendly greeting from Jamaica. Hey, man. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody oh, get it? Oh, God. That is get the joke? That is terrible. Yeah, it's not terrible. It. That was great. Yeah, that's a good one. I like oh, that. Eamon? Go on. A friendly greeting yeah. from Jamaica. Um, I like the fight with um, Chief Bad Guy. I forget the episode in front of like the Seacouver Science Center. Oh, in front Center. of the Science World? One, the stunt double starts taking over. Like When the actual actor is doing it, he's like flinching and not really doing that good of a job. But I think when the stunt double takes over, it's pretty cool. That is a good one. Uh, this is Kyle. I think my favorite has to be the fight with Grayson in Band of Brothers. That's a really solid fight. Moves around. You actually see Duncan get his ass kicked a little bit, which is kind of satisfying. Good all around. High quality awesome. stuff. All right. So to start off this episode, we'll just do a little bit of reader mail. Uh, this is actually not related to Highlander per se, but it relates to something we talk about all the time. All the goddamn time. <laughs> Which is No Holds Barred, which was directed by Thomas J. Wright. And as we know, he's directed a number of Highlander episodes, especially like the pilot as, I guess, his most famous Highlander episode. Um, so this uh, comes from Dominic S. And he writes that, as a funny side note, the German title for the movie is, quote, Hulk Hogan, The Hammer. And no, Fred the Hammer Williamson isn't and wasn't that popular here. And I think that's pretty amazing, like, as an alternate title. Hulk Hogan, yeah. the Hammer. Hulk Hogan, the Hammer. <laughs> no Hammer's Bart. Yep. <laughs> uh, so to jump into episode number 15, uh, the title of this episode is For Tomorrow We Die. Uh, the air date was February 27th, 1993. Uh, it was directed by Robin Davis, who's a French director and writer. Uh, and it was written by Philip John Taylor. Uh, and he's uh, done a ton of Zorro. Um, and actually, one show I, I, I noticed this time uh, was he did a show called Forever Night. And a couple of people have mentioned this on our Facebook page as a really cool show to check out. It's also filmed in Vancouver, I think. Huh. Um, and it's about like a, a vampire. Like, it's very similar in theme to Highlander. It's about uh, uh, like a vampire cop. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's supposed to be pretty good. I haven't checked it out yet, but comes highly recommended from other Highlander fans. He also worked on Silk Stockings. Uh, this guest stars Roland Gift as Xavier St. Cloud. Uh, he's the lead singer of The Fine Young Cannibals, and uh, their big hit is... <laughs> she drives me crazy. Cool, cool. Uh, no uh, yeah, his voice is unique <laughs> yeah. to describe a way to describe it and I, nothing at all like his speaking voice nope Dude. not at all I, and also just side note i think he does a great job in this episode he's fantastic i thought he was saying cuckoo 
like she drives me crazy. Coo coo. Oh, is oh, that it? Shit. You I just, thought it was ooh ooh. You just blew the lid off the Yeah, song. you did. Honestly, that makes, I don't know if I'm right. That's that just makes how I always heard so it. So much more sense though. I can't help myself. <laughs> Roll gift is actually really good in this episode. Yeah. And uh, yeah, his speaking voice is nothing like his like very strange singing voice. Yeah, and he really nails it. Yeah, he's great. Um, and he actually becomes, spoiler alert, uh, like a, a kind of a semi-series regular. I don't oh, know. wow. Yeah, I mean, I don't say re- maybe regular is too strong of a word, but he, he pops up a couple more times, which we, is really cool. We, yeah, because almost none of these villains ever come back. So, you know, this is a good get for the series. Yeah, totally. Uh, and so the IMDb episode description is, Duncan tries to stop an immortal from his past named Xavier, who robs mortals and kills them with nerf gas. <laughs> <laughs> Right so, to the point. Yep. Reading Short these episode descriptions, like, I think this is a very good episode. And I was, like, very invested in it as I was watching it. But just reading, like, a two-sentence description of any of these things is really funny. Yeah. It's like if you ever read a description of, like, a arc of comic books. Right. Like, even ones that I've really enjoyed, if yeah. I go back and read a synopsis of them, I'm like... <laughs> so the cold open of this episode is at a jewelry store. Um, and rolling gift as Xavier St. Cloud enters and he's, he's kind of like sweet talking the, the woman there out of like the, uh, what are they called? Jewels? Uh, are you about jewelry? No, the woman. What's her name? Clark or something. Yeah, oh, good. <laughs> Employee. Yes. So he comes in, he's sweet talking the, uh, the, the, the clerk there. He wants to go out to dinner with her or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but then it turns out it's all like a, a trick. And he drops like a canister of like nerve gas of or jo- something of Joker gas. Yeah, yeah, Smilex. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everyone just starts passing out. All these people, including the fine young cannibal himself, but he's clearly immortal because unlike everyone else, his eyes pop back open and he gets up. Right. Is it not his eye that opens when the eye opens? Like I swear, <laughs> I swear it's not his eye. Really, I didn't notice that. Yeah, I could be wrong, but eye double. <laughs> <laughs> so. Then he, like, gets up and lets his lackey in, who's wearing, like, a gas mask. And all this dialogue is 80-yard. Yep. And it's Awful. amazing. Yep. It's amazing. You got a little taste of it. Yeah, here's one clip. So he, like, goes and empties the safe upstairs. Right. And then we get treated. He to brings this. down a, a thing full of jewels, like a briefcase. Lord, we're rich! <laughs> <laughs> Lord! We're rich. And like he had so many. Also, he he kind of sounds like Roger Rabbit when he says that. Yeah. But his dialogue the entire time is amazing. Like when he comes in, what happened? They look dead. <laughs> so Xavier assures this his goon that everything's fine now. These people are not dead. They're just passed out. You can take your mask off. It's safe. Bum bum bum. He takes his mask off and he dies too. Uh, yep. Although I was kind of wondering why doesn't Xavier die again? Yeah. yeah why does he? Doesn't makes sense he's still being killed like he's being perpetually yeah should he just die over and over again till the gas like really does dissipate yeah like bring up an immunity to it that doesn't make sense but then he wouldn't have passed out the first time right (laughs) unless Uh. that's a thing like you can't get killed by the same nerve gas twice Twice? or maybe it's like uh like in a like in video games like when you when you get hit and you flash so you can't get hit again (laughs) yeah that's what it is yeah it's like like a five second invincibility power yeah 
with your own nerve gas that you used. So what was the point of this goon? Oh, that's an excellent question. Why was this goon here? Why did he need this guy? I guess just to do it quicker? Like, because he doesn't care? Like, the police are going to show up. I don't know. Well, does he crack the safe? Yeah. He says go up to the safe and get it. But, like, they don't establish that this guy has any special skills. And certainly from hearing him talk, I'd assume he has exactly (laughs) zero skills. Well, he's like, it's established that he's a known criminal later in the episode. The lackey. Right. Yeah. So maybe he's a safe cracker. That that's the only thing that makes sense. Because yeah. otherwise he just invites him in there to murder him. Yep. <laughs> maybe he just didn't like him. Take the mask off. I lied. You're dead. <laughs> <laughs> so then we cut uh to the church and Darius is in a confessional booth with a young woman and they they have a funny exchange, I think. Uh she's talking about that like Darius is like, it's not a sin for your mother to take your old boyfriend. He's like, bad taste, but not a sin. <laughs> I thought it was just a little funny little uh, bit. But then Xavier walks in to the confessional. They obviously, I guess, have had a past together. Which, do they ever really explain that? No, I guess Darius just at least knows of Xavier. And so Xavier... Oh, Dar- Darius goes into it later. He's oh, does he? He's talking about a flashback. He like ran into him. They were going to like guillotine him. Or something like that's that. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah, he was like a petty thief at the time. Yeah. And yeah. Darius And he sought sanctuary, him. yeah. Yeah. With Darius. Xavier confesses to these this multiple homicide he has just committed. Yep. And he says he's gonna do more. Darius says, like, why do you why are you confessing? Like, this doesn't mean every, anything to you. But he comes like, because it means everything to you. And, like, I don't quite get why all this animosity. I guess that's why I was still kind of confused about what their connection was. Yeah. Like, Xavier's really doing this just to fuck with Darius. But you never get the impression that Darius did anything bad to him. Yeah. I guess it's just to set up how evil Xavier is. I do kind of like the setup, like, that he just kills people and then just like strolls into a church and just tells people about it. Like, yeah, it's kind of a badass setup for a character. Yeah. Detective Cubal makes his way back into the series somehow. And he's <laughs> fine. Like yep. all that shit he gave Duncan about how I'll never be chief. Cause my arm is like a worthless husk and you ruined my <laughs> life. And he's just back and fine yep. and waving that arm Both. around. Like it's nothing. <laughs> So I don't know what that's about, what the heck that is, but (laughs) it's very weird. Apparently everything's a-okay now. Also like a CSI type dude comes over to LeBron to tell him about like the the nerve gas use. And this guy speaks in a full American accent. Like, (laughs) like this guy's also 80 yard, but with no attempt at a French accent. And it's like very strange. (laughs) And also what he says is very strange. He like recites all these things about how quickly the gas must have filled the room. And like, knows all this information that I have no idea how he'd have. (laughs) And it goes, but I'll do some research and find out more. (laughs) (laughs) We cut to Duncan arriving at Darius's church for a friendly game of chess. Darius seems a little sullen. Duncan asks, what's wrong? And Darius says... Sometimes being a Catholic priest is easier than other times. Which I thought it was very funny. <laughs> Specifically a Catholic priest. <laughs> well, I think it's it has to do with the uh, confessional rules. Sure, sure. You know. Yeah. I like that they play tr- chess together. That's like a running theme through the the series. Is that him and Darius always played chess? I think that's kind of neat. I also think it's neat because Darius used to be a general, so it's like this kind of remnant of his like huh. past like strategic life, which is kind of neat. Though this is a little strange, are they sitting like perpendicular to the chessboard? Like they're not. <laughs> like it looks like they are playing like left to right, as opposed to like facing each other and moving the pieces at each other. I did not notice. That. I was looking at it. It just looks very strange. Huh. Uh, so LeBron comes in and he's a whiny bitch. <laughs> 
um, of course, yeah. So he wants to know what happened. He he. There's a report that Xavier came into the church or came near the church, and of course, Darius can't say anything about it. And he's really distraught over it. But then we get this crazy cool flashback. Uh, this is I I don't know if I'd like it more than the uh, the Waterloo one, but. It's really a great. I, I don't know. The setting is really great. They flash back to like a World War One battle. Yeah, Duncan's yeah, uh, like an ambulance driver or something. Yeah, to that effect, um, it's which got is a very Hemingway kind of thing to have happen. Yeah, uh, the hue on the, vid- the the film is really cool. It's like very blue saturated, and then uh, they get attacked by mustard gas, which is cool. Yeah. It's like this mine sweeper <laughs> mine. Yeah, lands <laughs> and then this joker poison comes out and duncan's friend stan bites the bullet yeah <laughs> and duncan goes stan stan <laughs> but it turns out xavier was the one who of course gassed the camp and he comes in to steal supplies i guess it looks like it's yeah. uh the payroll for all the soldiers oh, okay. is coming ah uh, right right and he's it's actually day yeah, yeah and he's actually dressed as one of the the allied soldiers i guess he's supposed to be fighting with the french presumably presumably yeah or no one. The, I don't really know. It's it's strange. His helmet is odd because it kind of yeah. looks like the American like doughboy kind of helmet. But it seemed like he was talking to Stan was a Frenchman. There last time they were having the sideburns contest. Now they're having the stash contest. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Stan wins. <laughs> so that's our first introduction to uh, Xavier Saint Cloud. And the only reason he doesn't take uh, McLeod's head is because I guess reinforcements show up right. and right. scare him off. Uh, so then we cut to the barge back in present day. And Richie is recounting Tess with his new girlfriend. Also, meanwhile, Tess is working with she's, this, yeah. <laughs> this piece of clay. Uh, she's just gooping it up. She's just she's, moving it around. She has like, what looks like maybe 35 pounds yeah. of clay <laughs> on, I don't even think it's on a wheel. And it's just like lumped all together. And she's just rubbing <laughs> her hands on it. Just like wet it. Like, it's like, that's not how you like put pieces of clay back together. Like you've got to put yeah. it like through a press thing and the whole process but this is it this looks like some monster out of like dune or something. Yeah. my note like, just says cut to tess making an octopus <laughs> that's how she's making a mess like yeah, she's she's also like up to her arms yeah. in like mud yeah yeah this is everything the this is the opposite of everything that you know about clay from the movie ghost like yeah like this it could not get more unsexy <laughs> speaking of which richie <laughs> he's met a lady yeah he's met a lady but we don't get her name but he's like head over heels in love with her so that's like our tidbit into like the b storyline with richie and then tess gets a phone call from ahmed right <laughs> so she's trying to organize this traveling art show this is a whole right. new art show not her form and what was it called? sculpture I sculpture, sculpture and form. form i thought it was all part and parcel i don't think so i think this is a this is all like african art and it's for refugees. It's it could a benefit. be theme and, va- theme and variation. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's I mean, so the broad. only top- topic is sculpture and form. Yeah, there are sculptures there, and they're in some sort of form. So there you go. Got two points down. There. <laughs> but while she's on the phone with Ahmed, uh, Xavier just walks into the barge. He just busts up in the house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he says his name is Gerard Fleureau. Wee wee. And he says that he can help her with something. That he's got some rare art pieces from like Ghana. Right. That right. he'd be able to provide. And uh, I guess she's been looking for something like this for the show. The show is like the next day, too. So it's yeah. like <laughs> short notice. Yep. Um, so she's really happy about this. Duncan eventually comes home. Xavier's gone. Uh, she tells him all about it. 
Um, he's there to pick up a speedboat. <laughs> he's yeah. like, I'm here to get the speedboat. And so then it's just like, there's a montage of Paris, like of Duncan on the boat, I guess. Like it's just more padding and he just like drives around. But it turns out he goes to like, what looks like an abandoned fort. Yeah, it is what it looks like. It's kind of a cool setting, whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. Um, and he's there looking for Mr. Delu. Uh, and of course two goons are there and they approach him and they have to have like a karate. Yeah, they have a karate match. goes <laughs> straight for a ball kick. Yeah. yeah. He does some serious testicular damage. Uh, so eventually Mr. Delu shows up and it turns out, I guess, that Mac and him had a pass together. Duncan is pretending, I guess, to be his own son. His own son. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they say they make a comment that they fought in the resistance together. Right. Uh, and just a little bit of like trivia here. Uh, this guy actually comes back in a later episode. Oh, that's cool. In like a season or two, which is really cool. And they actually revisit this period when they say they fought in the French resistance together. And so we actually get to see that later, which I think is a really cool way to tie in like some of these other characters. Yeah, that is very cool. Because in any other episode of this show, like... Mr. Delu would just be some throwaway, like, extra thing they just had in there just to give you some, you know, extra plot info or something. But in this case, they actually use them to their advantage, which is cool. Um, this guy seems dubbed, too. Uh, I think, like, half the French people in this are dubbed. This guy's, like, a criminal boss. Yeah, he's like a mobster. Yeah. And he, I guess, so he's got the, like, the in on everything that's going on in Paris. That's why Duncan went to visit him. Yeah, and he knows the kid who Xavier tricked into taking off his gas mask. Right. But we're rich. (laughs) We're Uh, Richie Ryan. (laughs) As much as I like seeing Mr. DeLue and thinking like the setting's cool, like this whole scene is kind of pointless because the the one cop, like the CSI cop or whatever, they're like, this guy's a known criminal. Like they have already ID'd that guy. So like this guy gives us no more info other than I guess telling Duncan the guy's name. But Duncan never has that info. But how does Duncan use that info? Does he... Duncan uses... There's the funeral so that the mom comes and the mom gives Duncan the dirt on where to find Xavier. So all he needed was the guy's name to throw him a funeral? Like, it seems more complicated than that. Like, a little bit. Like, how do you throw someone a funeral (laughs) based just on hearing their name? Like, he must have had to contact the mother, like, prior to that. Like, well, after he, he, like, foots the bill, I guess, on this funeral. Right. Right. With a little help from Darius. Yeah. I don't, it's, it's, I, I find it a little, like, crazy how all these things kind of come together yeah yeah it seemed like they didn't need that that like maybe this guy because it ultimately gets him to a coffee shop right it's that like this is where they met if like maybe delu could have known that information exactly and that would have been yeah there's like some extra steps here that don't need to to be taken but in the meantime uh richie brings his new lady friend back to the barge and her name is renee and it turns out she knows Tess. Ooh. And the big reveal is she's married. So Richie, unbeknownst to him, is having an affair. Yeah, with this older French woman. Although, actually, we do find out that she did tell Richie he, she was married. But in Richie's naivete, he's like, I just thought she meant she used to be married. Yeah. <laughs> Which I thought was pretty great. Yeah. Also, in expressing her frustrations over this uh, adultery to Duncan... Tessa says that Renee is having a fling with a young and virile lover (laughs) in referring to Richie fucking Ryan. Which their relationship is always like a little too close. Like it's a little bit creepy. It's like kind of like mother son. Yeah. But it's like, he's like always a little too fresh, like fresh with her. Yeah. And then hearing her say virile young lover, it's like gross. Stop it. (laughs) Quit it. 
You think Richie's virile, Tess? <laughs> so yeah, then we find out Duncan has paid for Francois's funeral. He talks to Francois's mom, who, as we said, gives Duncan that clue. Yeah. There's a really funny music cue here, like transitioning from the adultery conversation into the church. Is it like the fugue in D? Is that the... I think so. Oh, like, no. yeah. Yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> like that is going on. Like he's like, she's married. <laughs> and then we like cut into the church. I kind of laughed out loud at that, actually. Yeah. Duncan ends up scoping out this cafe for Xavier. And Xavier shows up and or Xavier's there and he gets the buzz. And I actually thought this was really cool. Xavier, Damon noticed the buzz Xavier has yeah. is like different. Yeah. Like this is the first, like, it was kind of like the normal. Immortal Buzz, but it had like cranking sounds. Yeah, it was like it was cool. It was really cool, and I was like, "Oh, this is like I thought that was great." And I don't know if that ever happens again in the series. I want to say no, uh, but I thought it was neat that they each had like their own sound, and at yeah. least like th- that it gave a really cool quality to like the villain has like this like it's like almost like hard to listen to. It's like all these gears churning yeah. and cranking, and it was He's neat. Cool. He has his own Immortal Spidey sense. Yeah, that's right. Um, so they have a big, big chase through the cafe, and it's like there's a bunch of like gags and stuff in yeah, it. Yeah, like, they like Stooge run through a gags, kitchen like... <laughs> and they go through a window, and they're like they like knock over, over a chef. He spills every like everybody keeps falling over. He's like, oh, these damn tourists. Yeah. Oh, my groceries. Oh, another <laughs> yeah. guy. My groceries again. <laughs> but as as Duncan's chasing Xavier through the streets, like Xavier's like doing whatever he can to get away. He's breaking stuff. He's pushing people over. Every person Xavier pushes. When Duncan runs by, he also pushes that person down like, <laughs> harder. Like, <laughs> and stay down. Yeah. Like, he chucks people out of the way who he doesn't. They're already out of the way. <laughs> like, oh, so did anyone notice during this chase scene? I don't know what to call these doors. They're like the giant kind of gate kind of door that almost has a door in the middle. Yeah, like a little door. Oh, right, right, yeah. yeah, a door within a door. At one point, Duncan just jumps up <laughs> into it, and the door kind of doesn't move. <laughs> and then the little door opens like, from, from the force of his body, and he has to, like, pop through it. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> Well, that cafe is this, that's the mime cafe. I'm pretty sure it's the same cafe. Yeah, probably. Last episode. Yeah, I think so. Was anyone waiting for a cartoon banana peel sound? Yeah. <laughs> I was waiting for someone to go whoop <laughs> or like that sound when a cartoon character jumps in the air and like stalls and yeah. they're running in place. Like I was waiting Weird, for that like, sound. Where's like bongos? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, so Xavier ends up making the escape because he pulls out an, uh, another gas grenade. Yep. And Duncan has to dispose of this grenade before it like kills a bunch of people. Longest fuse for a grenade <laughs> yeah. ever. Yeah, Duncan has to like climb a ladder. Like first he runs to pick it up, he climbs a ladder, he throws it in a cement mixer. Yeah. We've exactly approximately two minutes before this. <laughs> so Xavier makes the escape and Tess and Duncan are back at the barge at this point. And they're having a conversation about Darius because Tess thinks he should just tell the police. Yeah. And so Duncan says some interesting things here. He's like, it's out of respect for mankind's rules. And he also says he doesn't he doesn't think Darius believes in religion. He wants to be his brother's keeper. They say Darius has been a Buddhist and a Hindu, amongst other things. Yeah. So he's been in all these religions, but he doesn't believe in the rules of these religions or he so, does believe in the rules but he doesn't believe believes in the rules maybe in the doesn't. tenets of the i don't know i mean bottom line darius is an asshole because <laughs> he doesn't actually hold these catholic beliefs so why protect 
a murderer. Because there are rules. I but are you like, saying is kid. it a weird thing that he's even a Catholic peace, priest? Like, that's a ruse on the people that, like, trust and follow him and put faith in him? I, I just, it doesn't make sense to me. I feel like he's being a prick. Like, he should just tell <laughs> these people about this murderer. I don't know. I don't know. If he doesn't really believe the beliefs, why he's just following these rules? I mean, people wear many hats. I'm sure this is a thing that probably every... I bet a lot of real Catholic priests go through this, where maybe they don't believe that, like, they should have to keep their mouth shut. But you don't keep your mouth shut for, like, this guy. Like, you keep it shut for, like, the general principle that when someone comes and confesses to you, it's, you know, bottled up. That's why, like, even if he told someone... They wouldn't be able to use that like in court against this guy in pretty much any any country that like has a modern legal system because the idea is like you don't want people blabbing on this kind of stuff. I don't know. I'm I'm supporting of this decision because also like, would you ever confess to a priest who did this? Probably not. Like he would just blow up. Like he could just never accept confessional again if this information wasn't actually privileged. Yeah. I guess I guess I kind of respect it. I'm okay with him respecting the rules. Although I, I think it's also interesting, like he's like he respects the rules of mankind. Like so, they do set up this thing like that. Immortals are still very different than people. Like you know, like even in Darius's world, who like doesn't shit on people all the time, like Xavier would. He still views himself as being different than them. Like I'm gonna follow their rules. Like I'm not one of them, but I'll follow like what they want. Yeah, which is I mean, like this draws a big line in the sand about like there's mortals, there's mortals that's like two different worlds and even for good guys the the line is stark hmm. which is i mean it is interesting i did wonder a lot about what this meant because also he kills a catholic priest when he becomes good right darius yes. when he has this kind of light side quickening right. i guess he, he doesn't inherit his beliefs or anything like that it's not like that's why he's a catholic priest right sometime after that he stopped being a cat like if he ever started then he was off and was something else and then came back and was a Catholic priest. Right. So in some way, he's he's at least selected this. Mm -hmm. What do you yeah. think out there? <laughs> <laughs> Let us know. Yep. So, so LeBron shows up again, basically threatens Mac again with lifelong imprisonment. Life <laughs> Uh, oh no, he says, I will personally have your head. <laughs> oh, and Duncan's like, get in line. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Then we're, we're back at the church. Darius is all down on himself. Like, maybe he thinks he should, like, leave the sanctuary and face Savior because mm -hmm. he, he could stop him. And he kind of helped create him <laughs> yeah, by sparing uh, him. Um, Darius thinks that people will die because of his actions, and McLeod takes the stance of, no, it's Xavier's actions that are. Right. And we, we can play this clip now. Xavier then just shows up. <laughs> yeah, he comes and, and just, says hi. Just to deliver some lines, yep. uh, some threatening lines. So let's listen to this clip, and this is what Xavier, I guess, thinks of people. You see, I enjoy the company of my own kind. I find humans um, limited. Oh, so in your arrogance, you kill them. No, I kill them because... What's the difference? They all die anyway. This is kind of a cool exchange. My question is, what was he going to say when he stopped himself? Xavier says, no, I killed them because... And then he trails off and says, like, why does it matter? Ah, that's a good was he about question. Is the answer to that question because they're going to die anyway? Or is it or is, something else? Or is he about to say... I think he was about to say something else. And he's just like, no, you guys don't deserve the answer. So what do you think it could be? I'm not sure. It's kind of interesting seeing the way this guy plays, like, plays out. But he's got this like kind of cool edge, like... Darius is someone who actually affirmatively helped him. And it means something to him to shit on Darius's rules. Like, that matters to him. 
Like he knows it's gonna torture. Like Darius is he knows Darius is gonna follow the rules, and he knows it's gonna eat him up that he has to do that. Despite Xavier being kind of evil, I don't know. My thought was just killing is probably the ultimate societal taboo. Like that is the the worst you could possibly be. And, and eating people. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Sorry. And, and to do it so young. Um, There's a fine jab at it. I'll yeah. say that much. But anyway, so is he just doing it because like it's not their it's. It's not mortal's world. Like I don't get, to, I don't have to play by their rules. Like I, I can defile the things that people hold sacred just because I'm another species of thing. Any other theories? No, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I know enough to put together a theory, but I, th- I like that there is another reason that we don't get to see, which is pretty cool. So after this, they finally tell Richie that. The girl he's seeing is married. Right. Duncan, like, puts on, like, a constipated face and tells him. He's like, oh, Tess didn't tell you. Well, he comes in. Richie's laying on the couch. And yeah. he goes, practicing to be a politician or something? What and does that mean? I was like, huh? Like, <laughs> is, I, I guess it's like, politicians do nothing? Is that the joke? I think that's the joke. It's not a good joke. <laughs> it's not very funny. Was that an ad lib? No. <laughs> I think that was right. <laughs> oh, also, at this point, I don't know, like, what is the point of this Richie subplot? Like, this is this is veering into, like, the, the car salesman thing. Yeah. Where, and, like, and this one even pays off less than the car salesman want plot uh, in Revenge of Sweet. Because at least in that one, Richie, that, like, got him to, from point A to point B, even though right. it was really dumb. In this one, I, do, I don't get what it does. Like, it serves only as just, like, I guess a glimpse of, like, character development. Really. <laughs> And just showing how, like, innocent he is and that sort of thing. But it, I wish it at least related to the episode a little bit more. Like, it didn't have to necessarily do with the plot, but thematically, if, you know, uh, I, I don't know. Like, I, if there was something, like, maybe one of Max, I mean, Max's been a, a lifelong lover, so to speak. And it's like, maybe he's got some experience about women that he can talk to Richie about and they can have a moment or something. I don't know. It just, it doesn't connect to anything. It's just there. I, I interpreted this again as like if the the theme of this is like playing with like rules and conventions and the way they kind of like confine people and or liberate them. I think that's kind of what's going on here. Like there are rules about how you're supposed to behave with married people, and Richie is given the de- like a decision point. He wants to see this person. That is what he wants. But there's this kind of convention. He can't do it. He's not supposed to do it, and he has to make that decision. And actually, at the end of this conversation. It almost sounds like he's down for for doing this, like for kind of cheating with this woman and like potentially hurting this guy. Well, I think at the end of the conversation, he's like, well, her husband's going to be real broken up when she breaks up with him. Like, I think he's so naive that he thinks that this really means something to her. I think that's the point. Like, I don't think he wants to hurt this guy, but I think he just knows that like, oh, it's too bad it's over for him. Well, it's not like he has some revelation in between where he realizes that he she means nothing to him she doesn't real he doesn't realize that until he confronts her and realize that she realizes that she's a-okay with letting him go yeah like she th- he thought that he was gonna be upsetting her when he broke up with her so i actually do think his decision to break up with her is a decision like i don't want to participate in like kind of hurting this guy like this is not a thing that's allowed to work i don't know that's how i interpreted it so now the episode starts to come to a head we're at the museum and it turns out xavier has dropped off the sculpture and he's planted a bomb inside it that's right yep in um, the stand or whatever mm-hmm. and uh renee shows up richie's lady friend uh with her husband mm-hmm. and so richie's super cordial to, to them and but then he pulls her aside 
and he's got to break it off with Renee. And it's really funny. He's like, I've been thinking about this a lot, but we can't see each other anymore. And he plays it off like he's the one, like, like he's the real mature guy. I don't know. It's really yeah. funny. And she, like, kind of rolls her eyes at him. She doesn't really <laughs> care. It's just like, okay, like, fine, whatever. It's a funny, cute scene, I think. Then uh, Duncan and Tess have a funny interaction inside the show where she says, what do you think of the fertility goddess? And Duncan responds, it won't do me any good. <laughs> yeah, that uh, is funny. And they have another funny exchange, too, because she's like, have you ever seen so many diamonds in one place? And Duncan's like, once in King Solomon's mines. <laughs> <laughs> what a dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Detective Cubone shows up and <laughs> he's... And he's like, downtown Mac now. Like, yeah. Like, is just going to detain him based yep. on... A witness seeing him throw that grenade in the cement mixer. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, but he's not, like, under arrest. Like, he doesn't say, like, I'm obviously busy. You know where I live. Like... Yeah, I'll come by in an hour. Yeah. So he's got to go with them now. Yep. Apparently. So they're in the car... And uh, LeBron says something about a thief that they apprehended. Is that right? Who dealt in West African sculpture, was it? Yeah. He like, killed some West African drug dealer and stole all of his priceless artwork. <laughs> or right. Something like that. Using gas. That's yeah. the connection. So at this point, Mac puts the pieces together. He's like, hold on. That new donor, that must have been Xavier. Like, all the pieces come together. But instead of telling LeBron what's going on, he just says... I don't have time to explain. <laughs> and he leaps out, out of, of a moving car. vehicle. It's amazing. Also, what police car has doors that open it's in the back? Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, hey, I know I'm under arrest, but... Also, they show the clock, and he has 10 seconds to run to the museum, <laughs> get inside, find out where the sculpture is, find out where the bomb is, and disarm it. But he does it. And he does it. He's got one second to spare. Just in the nick of time. Yep. So after Duncan defuses the bomb, we just cut to the barge. Yep. And it's like fight time. Like, there's no setup or anything. And Xavier's Z like snooping around. Well, Xavier's like, there. He's going like, to gas the barge. Okay, Is right. why he's there. And Duncan's like, nope, you're caught. And the lighting in this is awesome. Yeah. yeah like, Duncan's really in his well trench shot. coat. There's yeah. like fog and light like it's really it's all shadows and stuff it's really cool and they they get to fighting and uh you know Z xavier says a man's gotta live <laughs> and duncan responds not necessarily <laughs> <laughs> we kind of liked that yeah it's good and uh roland gift he's pretty good he's physical he's he's getting in there with yeah it's a Adrian pretty good fight Paul. yeah oh they introduced something very interesting and kind of problematic in this fight that w i guess we have a, we don't really get to see play out in this episode but it's it puts a big question mark on this at some point xavier very kind of clumsily reaches in to pull out one of his like patented gas grenades and duncan just like luke skywalker's off his hand like yeah just it's amazing. When he cuts it off, the scream that Xavier has yeah. is fantastic. It's like a blood-curdling scream. And then he scream. belly flops into the river. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he goes, ah! And he just jumps in the river. And Duncan dives in after him. Yep. With no sword. Yeah. Well, he doesn't want I to I think he drops rusty. it to the side. Yeah. Goes chasing after him. Uh, but yeah, so the odd thing that this brings up is, well, I mean, obviously immortals have, like, the healing healing power. Right. But what happens if they lose a limb? I'm just surprised this doesn't come up all the time because they're <laughs> they're goddamn sword fighters, and in especially in the modern era, people don't walk around in armor. Right. right. So it's like, 
people have got to be taking like brutal leg and hand shots all the time. Yeah. Also, you get people like Caleb Cole going around with a battle axe. Like he must be dismembering <laughs> people left and right. So I don't really know how this exactly is going to play out as the show goes on. Yeah. I feel like if I had my druthers, it would grow back. I think that's the way I would think about it. Yeah, I think growing back is fine. I guess or, it's an odd it's an odd thing. I think if I had my druther, druthers, it would just be no one would lose limbs. Like it would it just be impossible. one of those things. Just don't don't deal with it. Like no, it just doesn't. I, w- I would just say it just can't happen. Oh, like slashes his hand. His hand is useless for a while, but it, like it won't come off. Like ever? It just won't. <laughs> yeah, I'd say ever. Well, it they deal with this Wolverine, a little bit. Like adamantium bones, it's not going to break. I want. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I want to say it's it's been a long time. It's been a while since I. <laughs> Uh, I've seen Highlander 3, but I want to say they deal with some of this in that movie in the most absurd ways possible. So I'm excited to talk about that movie when we get there, uh, how they deal with like people getting chopped in half, maybe. Oh, boy. <laughs> yep. Um, uh, though I think that's a special case in that. We'll, we'll save it. We'll, we'll save it save for it. three years from now. <laughs> uh, I don't know. We'll wait and see, I guess. But... Like, I, I actually do think that Xavier comes back with a hook hand at some point. But oh, I just, really? Yeah. I, I think that uh, every immortal spoiler. of <laughs> any immortal of any note would be disfigured. Oh, sure. like, they'd yeah. be missing, like, ears and noses and, like... Well, that's why I kind of just don't think they should even touch on... Like, I mean, it's, yeah. like, a fun, interesting thing to, to touch on, but at the same time, it brings up all these crazy questions, and it's like, we can't have a TV show where everyone has, like, this, like, <laughs> severely dis- Scarred and missing and fingers. Yeah, and yeah like, that's actually uh, just, like, scarring in yeah. general. Like, how many times have we seen Duncan get shot or stabbed on this show? Like, a lot. Not to mention that he's got 400 years of those. Yeah. So, like, his entire body should be, like, a garbled mess if, <laughs> yeah. like, scarring is a thing. He right. should, it's like, his body should just look like the aggro crag, and <laughs> it's just not there. So, I, I'm okay with saying that no dismemberment in the Highlander universe, but, you know, what's done is done. Yeah. Then, the, the end of the... This is actually... I know in the past, like, couple episodes, I've mentioned that I've been, like, unsatisfied with the ends of the episodes, like, the tags. I actually kind of liked the end of this episode uh, for maybe two reasons. One, that Xavier gets away. Duncan does not track him down. Uh, yeah. Duncan comes back. He's, like, covered in water. He looks he's like, like a dead fish. He's he's, like, he's, he looks like a spanked ass. It's not good. <laughs> but, yeah, there, there's, like, this... It, it's nice and, like, it's a little tense at the end. It's like, well, Duncan's safe this time. And it's like Xavier is still out there. It like I don't know. This episode did not end like a lot of the other ones do, where it's like, oh, everything's perfect, haha. Like everyone hugs. Right. It's like a lot of these episodes are very sitcommy at the end. Like they're all like great, and like there's a little joke. Uh, this is very much like I don't know what's gonna happen next. And it's like I don't know. It, it had a little uncertainty, which I think was more satisfying than the wrap up. I think. Yeah, and it also had a little more uncertainty about the connection between Richie and Tess because their dialogue at the end of this is creepy. <laughs> They're like kind of, I guess she's like trying to comfort him because he's all upset and he's sharing his woes about this girl who never loved him. And they're like right up on each other. (laughs) And he's like, there are worse things in the world you can be than a sex object. And then he gives her a kiss on the cheek. (laughs) Well, there was that episode where Richie was walking Tess out to the car and he had his shirt off. Right. Remember that? <laughs> yeah, this is like it a gives secret. His, he gives his famous subplot. shrub speech. Maybe that was a double entendre. Yeah, uh, gross. Right. I'm already sorry I said that. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Cool. <laughs> 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 All right. 
Uh, behind the scenes stuff, uh, the Watcher Chronicles, not too much stuff, but I guess we'll just mention Xavier St. Cloud's uh, birthday. Happy birthday! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he was born uh, in 1160 in Morocco. Ooh. Oh, and then I guess I just wanted to drop in a little tidbit about the uh, the title. So it's for Tomorrow We Die, and I like this title a lot. I'm not quite sure it belongs in this episode because I yeah. don't think they dealt with the theme a lot but it's it's from the bible and the the full quote is if i fought wild beasts in uh ephesus with no more than human hopes what have i gained if the dead are not raised let us eat and drink for tomorrow we die what's the context of that uh people are talking about going into battle i believe and uh it's it's all about like you should you should make a count right now like living your life now is important hmm. um yolo yeah yellow <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was in the book of Ecclesiastes, yeah. right? <laughs> but yeah, I, I think it's it's a it's a good quote and a and a good sentiment. But I I wish that would played out a little bit in the, uh, the episode yeah. more. Like that would oh good that would have been a better title for Band of Brothers. Yeah, because yeah. this challenge is lingering out there that he doesn't think he can face. It's like about how he has to deal with it and like his hopes and dreams going forward. I feel like that would have been an okay title for that one. Maybe they just throw these titles in like a box and just yeah. shake them up and like all the plot. <laughs> and titles get mixed together because see we've had this before where see no evil there we go <laughs> winner winner chicken yeah. dinner <laughs> awesome uh make sure to write us uh this is a really good episode i think does anyone else have any thoughts on it before we wrap up i this episode is a big winner i really like it i also th- love that they're continuing the the musical kind of rock and roll aspect of this show oh, yeah, we haven't... with someone from the fine young cannibals that's right. Joining totally. into this thing. Not that he's like the heaviest metal star, but right. like, you know, at least it's it's reinforcing that something about that ethos is a part of what makes this show this show. And I'm all about that. It's kind of awesome. It goes yeah. all the way back to the Kurrigan and Queen. So we're also once again in this spot of like, how does the game work in terms of non cutting weapons? Because <laughs> we're always, you know, questioning, why don't you just like walk up and shoot someone and right. cut their head off? That does appear. I mean, we've established here this works. Like he was gonna ace Duncan, and that yeah. was okay. Right. Like, he, Duncan got very lucky because Xavier would have had him before, without Z- without Duncan ever even seeing his face. Yeah. Because he yeah. Had, was wearing a gas mask. Yeah. So at least still in this point in the show, like that is a hundred percent allowed. So I'm still just wondering why Duncan doesn't carry like an Uzi or something. Because yeah. <laughs> he fights with honor and without a scabbard. Yeah, with honor. Honor is his scabbard. Yeah, there you go. Honor is his scabbard. Honor is also his Uzi, apparently. I like your thought earlier in in another episode, Kyle. You mentioned that it should just be a rule that you have to fight with swords, and that's it. Like, that that eliminates all of this questioning. And it's like, it's just as arbitrary as holy ground, but it doesn't matter. It's a rule, so... We move yeah. on from it, and it, it, it doesn't muddle it up as much, though. So you have to come, you have to issue a formal challenge, then you have to go and do it, you have to fight alone. Like, I'd be okay with that just being cosmically enforced. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Awesome. Well, if you have any thoughts on this episode, make sure to send us an email at highlanderrewatched at gmail.com, and we will read it on the air. Uh, make sure to like us on Facebook. We're always posting pretty much every day stuff, uh, behind-the-scenes stuff, uh, episode clips, all sorts of tidbits and trivia. 
Um, and you get to interact with other Highlander fans from around the world, which is really cool. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at The Rewatchers and on Instagram at Highlander Rewatched. Oh, also, I haven't mentioned in a while, uh, make sure to like us on or rate us on iTunes. Uh, that really helps our, I guess, placement and get more listeners involved in the podcast. And also, if you're listening to this podcast and have a friend that you think might enjoy Highlander, have them listen to it or listen to it with them and or watch episodes with them. And uh, I don't know, we're trying to get as many people into Highlander as possible. And also, it's an exciting time for Highlander because it's coming up on the 30th anniversary of the original movie. Mm. So there's lots of cool Highlander stuff going on right now. Uh, with hopefully a new movie coming out soon. Fingers crossed. Um, so anyway, we've been your rewatchers. I'm Keith. I'm Kyle. Amen. And join us next week for the episode The Beast Below. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. See ya. He's like, yeah, like Kyle, like you said earlier. <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> Referencing what you said earlier. I know. I know. I know. Well, we didn't have to go quite that far back, I don't think. I know we didn't, but I was confused.